Sorry. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for being so patient from us. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You're so drunk, you don't even know how to pray anymore. Thank you, brother, for being so patient from us. What does it mean? Drunk and stuttering. <laughs> wow. Okay. A starburst of drunken glory today. May we take ourselves much less serious in a greater freedom in Jesus' minor name. Because I can only pray according to the measure of my faith. In Jesus' little name. <laughs> Eat her. 
Sink your canines into that witch's flesh. Don't leave anything except the head and the hands. Obedient dog. business idea. Exceptional new <laughs> whoa <laughs> glory. Isn't this new lens amazing? It's so crisp and clear that I had to really clean my glasses off because you could see every smudge. These are my glory shades. Acts 
chapter 2, verse 13. They're just drunk on new wine. giving you a hard time today. Have a drink. You get out of your head to get into ecstasy, which is getting into his headship. Getting out of your headship, which is the kingdom of Satan. You get into his headship by drinking the new wine, which is ecstasy. Heaven is the place of ecstasy. Every angel, every saint is 100% all the time in ecstasy and we want it on earth as it is in heaven in ecstasy by drinking the new wine getting out of our natural headship into his supernatural headship through the oh shaba boom boom through the place where he was crucified the place of the head the hill where he was crucified looks like a person's head literally They're just drunk on new wine. Nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. Thank you for singing our praises. What an honor. Isn't it interesting the same thing they said about Jesus? He's just a drunkard. Realize that's what they were saying about the Lord Jesus. The Messiah was considered in his culture a drunkard. What kind of strange Christianity was Jesus walking in? What a weirdo. It's called the glory of God. Inoculated 
intoxicated on sweet wine. It's the syrup pouring out of his side, mixed with glory opium. This is the mixed syrup. See, we're going after the Canadian harvest right now. And the golden hockey puck, amen. Stanley's Cup. That cup is so gigantic. And it's sterling silver, solid silver, representing the spirit. Silver represents the spirit. Biggest cup in all sports. That's what you want to be drinking out of. Run the race to win the prize. You're athletes. You're athletes of the glory of God. This is heaven's track team. Runners of the race. Amen. And we're picking up the pace. Running the race in his great grace. Amen. I just want to take this glory and glorify every activity under the sun so that nothing belongs to the devil. No sport, not even bocce ball. He doesn't get anything. All of it redeemed and glorified, amen? Heavenly badminton, let's go. The birdie. intoxicated on the joy of the Lord. Put some strength in your bones. Laugh out loud until your stomach hurts. You'll find the power of his oil intensifying greatly in you. Do something funny until the laughter of faith begins to billow through you. <laughs> Laughter is about a hundred times more powerful than praying in tongues. True. People can get angry praying in tongues. Hateful as they speak in tongues. Oh, I've seen it many times. Angry, hateful, serious. Man, are you even praying in the Holy Spirit? You can pray in tongues in the religious spirit. It's true. The gifts of God are irrevocable. They did signs, wonders, miracles, healings, all the gifts in the religious spirit. Depart from me, worker of iniquity. I don't even know you. That was so weird what you were doing. You should have learned to laugh. Greatest gift of the spirit. Amen. What kind of power do you need? 
the joy set before him power. Uncontrollable, drunken glory outburst. No one has the clue what's going on. Drunken melee. So out of your mind in ecstasy, enjoying every molecule in the atmosphere infused with new wine. All day long, every day. Normal anointianity. And then you can wonder why, oh yeah, no wonder why they choked the ghost. Their air is charged with the glory of God. They're literally inhaling the glory into their nostrils and getting high on God. Wow. Welcome to real Christianity. May your house be completely hot boxed with it. Especially your family and friends. Give them double. Holy. We command our angels to hold up a gas mask of glory right from our inner man and stick it on their face and smell it. Amen. <laughs> I can't even be angry at you. I'm not going to judge you be critical anymore. It's not weird after you have a drink. It becomes normal. It's called the atmosphere of heaven on earth. Gee whiz, I wonder how the river of life feels. Whoa. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> feels like ecstasy. Feels like I'm high on the glory. Feels like better than all the pleasures of the flesh combined continuously. And that's just the beginning of the garden of pleasure. Hebrew word, Eden. At my right hand is seriousness forevermore. Whoa. No, that's not what it says. At my right hand is pleasure forevermore. Whoa. Aren't you glad your accuser is not at his right hand? Man, I never would have become a Christian. Getting beat up for every fun thing you get to do with God? What the heck? I don't think so, Satan. You're gone. Can we just pray for everyone being used of the devil right now to attack our joy and attack our freedom? To judge and criticize what they don't understand? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We genuinely give them a cup of our spirit from heaven. And with all the love of Christ crucified, we pour it on their heads like maple syrup. Oh, let it just get so sticky. Let the glory be so sticky to them that they can never wash it off, shake it off. And let the hounds of heaven of our sticky maple syrup drunken glory haunt them with the hounds of heaven all the days of their life on earth. God says, the nations have become the prisoners of glory. Coming out of the prison of the fallen angels' confusion, madness, and folly, becoming the prisoners of divine wisdom, the glory of God.
have some intoxicating beer tonight. I might just read you the blistery part. Have you guys read today's newspaper? No, seriously. Do you know that Red Letter Ministries has a newspaper? Yeah. It's true. It's called the Bliss Newspaper. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> CNN, eat your heart out. Uh, every time you look at Jehu's dog here, I get hit with the glory. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, bless Jehu's kennels, Lord. Psalms 1-3. This is the first article in today's Bliss newspaper. It's on our website if you want to sign up for RLM's newspaper, redletterman.com. It'll mess you up. You might only have good news from now on. Wouldn't that be amazing? If your news came out of the glory of God the Father and the victory of the Lamb standing on the throne, and it had no influence of anything on earth. And that's not ignorant, that's actually called resurrection. That's what will heal the nations. So they'll come on CNN or Fox News and be like, wow, literally nothing bad happened in the whole world today. <laughs> hey, that day's coming. And it's not far away. You bring that day through your bellies. That ain't something just falling from the sky. That's not star magic. That's the birthing of the glory of God from the bride's womb. You birthed the day of the Lord. Who can stand in the day of the Lord? The people that birthed it. Hello? After you birth the baby, you just stand up. It might take a day or two, whatever, recovery, but you'll Get off the bed and stand, hallelujah. Psalms 1-3, he'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. Bearing fruit in every season, he is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. What an article. Oh, man. Can you believe the stuff they're writing in the news today? Amazing. <laughs> the only thing worth printing. Truly the only thing worth repeating. Let everything that has breath breathe the word of God. Beautiful, I must give it up for you. 
I think I'm just drunk off my new set here. It's so amazing, this green velvet. Look at this thing. Solomon's marriage carriage, incarnate. Someday we'll show you the emerald bull hide. The real bull hide here. They had to kill one of Solomon's bulls just to make my rug. So awesome. Amen. The meat went to a Brazilian steakhouse, they said. That's important because we recycle. Still into the animal sacrifice. of your soul and your brain, which is the mind of your soul, and through your bones, which is the will of your soul. The will is in the bones. The mind is in the brain. The emotions is in the flesh of your heart. Only those whose hearts, brains, and bones are trained in the spirit of glory from the inside out can stand. And that's the only purpose for ministry, people. It's not to ooh and ah people with mystical information. We don't care about that. that that's some man-pleasing religious garbage. It's all to birth and stand. Birth and stand. And, and to birth each level of glory through your innermost being, which is the Greek word womb, causes you to stand in a higher level of the Holy Spirit called the resurrection. We go from level to level, glory to glory. In Greek, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says dimension to dimension. Dimensional increase until all dimensions are possessed, not by God, by you. If it was just God, he wouldn't even need you and there'd be no crime on earth, no murder in Chicago, no drugs in Mexico. Clearly, it's not on God's end. Zero. 
on our end 100%. To grow in the glory, to grow in God, to lift our bodies into the heavens through the gospel. We preach as eyewitnesses of the resurrection. We preach the resurrection of the dead to lift your soul, your hearts, minds, and bones into greater dimensions of God's glory. That's what it's all about. The gospel is the conquering of death. Death is an elevation of words believed in the heart, brain, and bones of your soul. So it's a word transplant that produces the glory resurrection. Miracles. What's the miracle? The sustaining of the glory. See, God is the miracle. God is the sign and wonder. God is the healing. It's not about any of this other stuff. Stop looking for scraps off his table. Remember, that's for the pagans. We have the miracle of the Father, the sign and wonder of the Father. That's all we do as Father God 24-7. Nothing else. If you're involved in anything else, you're not a part of Mary Company. That's Martha Company. Whoa, you need to come out of her and be holy. That's Jezebel activity. That's the whore of Babylon, people. That's what's ensnared the church to the religious devil for thousands of years. You have ever overcome. We still deal with performance and the glory of God every day. What do we got to do? Maybe we got to do something. Give me a formula. Give me a ritual. Something I can do. It's all sorcery. It's all witchcraft. Boo, do, do, do. Literally, boo, do, do, do. <laughs> Amen. It's the Father. So if the Father's not doing it and the people demand it, who do you obey? Are we people pleasers or father pleasers? Are we people freaks, which is the worst idolatry of the fallen angels in the world? Or are we father freaks? You can only serve one or the other. You cannot serve God and serve man. All of us are overcoming man-pleasing, and Jesus was constantly tested. Say this crazy thing, and it's going to lose all your followers, all your financial supporters. They're not going to understand. They'll probably betray you and kill you and call you a false prophet. Who did Jesus obey? The Father. And he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. John 666 and they no longer walked with him. He did it over and over. Don't you know that's your test to your next level of living in the presence of God or the presence of demons is if you please and serve men and women or you please and serve Christ in you. If you please and serve men and women, you go down into the pit. If you please and serve God the Father, you go up into heaven. Come on. Truth in you. I'm not talking about being aggressive for no reason towards people. I'm not talking about foolish prophetics. I'm talking about total perfect obedience to the greater one in you 
that doesn't give two flying rat turds about what the religious spirit has to say about anything. <laughs> and he doesn't ask any human's opinion about anything ever. He'll never ask a human's opinion about anything. He's God. Humans are not. Not even close. All their thoughts are vanity continuously. All their ways are stubbornness and rebellion continuously. Until we get into the river of his life, we don't know up from down, left from right, about any subject in the universe. That's the beginning of wisdom called the fear of the Lord. Meaning we recognize only he knows anything about anything. Do you believe that about medical science? Do you believe that about politics? Do you believe that about technology? Do you believe that about practical stuff you deal with on a daily basis? Or is it just in this other religious realm about God? Because we've divided God from our practical day-to-day -day activities, which is the sin of Gnosticism and why we're so screwed up. Start brushing your teeth with God, combing your hair with God, getting dressed with God. Start sleeping with God. He's your pillow. He's your sheets. He'll tuck you in. You can have cuddle time. Seriously, he's closer than a brother, Bible says. I mean, what do you do with Jesus? The spirit of Jesus is upon all souls in the whole planet right now. The issue is most people, like, I'll give you a Sunday morning. I'll give you one day. The rest of the week, don't even talk to him. Don't even invite him into my relationships, to my driving. You invite him into your driving, they'll be calling you NASCAR. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt Jr. over here. Nope, he just asked Jesus to drive with him. Oh my God. True video. Or is that verse in the Bible? Jehu drove furiously. It is written. He had just come from his kennels and saw how awesome his dogs were. He was so inspired. I got to get these dogs over to Jezebel ASAP. of our brain and let the presence of his glory burn us like we're being simmered in charcoal. We'll actually progress in the glory tonight. If we're here just to be meat stew, like big chunks of meat, because that's all your body is, in the stew of his glory, you'll do well. You'll get what God has for you today. If you have any other thing you come here to tell God, all the, your opinions and you come here to tell him how to interpret his word and his Bible and tell his spirit what to do, full of theology, full of demons, you're not going to grow at all. You'll probably be worse off than before actually because the glory will bring judgment upon your head. But if you come here and you're just like, make stew out of my body, make stew out of my brain, stir me up 
in your big pot of glory, you begin to marinate in the sauce. That's the only thing the flesh is good for. That's the only thing the brain, the meatball, is good for. It's not good for anything else other than to absorb the broth. Tenderize the meat, Lord. Bones on steak. Bon yeah, amen. <laughs> Aged 33 years. Wow. Just perfect. Perfectly cooked in the fire of God. It's called the flesh of Jesus at the right hand of God. That's what your salvation's based on, by the way. His flesh. His meat. You can feel the religious demon. Like, no. Clearly written in the word. Without his flesh, no salvation. You put it into barbecue terms, the altar that cooks the meat, people get a little nervous. Maybe you're next. Human filet mignon. God is going to eat you. Amen? And you're going to live in his belly and be fully digested. Scripture says they've lived in the belly of the beast. See, when we're in ignorance and darkness, we're like, oh, I'm independent. I have my own will. You're actually living inside the stomach of Satan. That's what darkness is. You are in the stomach of the devil. And so the word of God comes like a sword, cuts the dragon's belly, pulls you out of his stomach sack, and puts you inside the stomach of God. And we're like, I don't know about living in the stomach of God. So stubborn, rebellious, don't tell me what to do. I got my own interpretation of everything. Mr. Know-it-all, God the Father. Well, that's the time of sanctification after your justification. That's where most of you are at. Learning how to say yes to living in the stomach or spirit of God. It's either God's stomach or the devil's stomach. Really, whose stomach do you want to live in? Only two stomachs in the garden. Truth, anyhow, wake up. That's why I lay hands on my belly all the time. Because <laughs> I live in the presence of God's spiritual stomach, God's rich treasury glory. It's an elevation in heaven. The stomach of God is an elevation in heaven. In the spirit of God the Father, in the belly of God the Father. Not just theoretically, not just because I know the Bible says out of your belly flows rivers. Gee whiz, I wonder why. Because out of God the Father's belly flows rivers. And you're made in his image, so you have the same plumbing as God. You're just being restored to the ability of God the Father out of the abilities of Satan and his angels. Truth in here.
And we're getting really cooked, aren't we? The fire is so strong, just practically everybody and their mom manifesting. I like that, though. Even though there's always the confrontation in the greater fire, honestly, I've gotten used to it. I can say for probably the first 10 years of ministry, the confrontation was a little horrible, almost on a daily basis, with people's junk burning out of their hearts and manifesting on me, and it was hard. It's getting easier and easier because there's so much more of the Father and His angels to clean up everyone's mess. Oh, the more you get pickled inside the Father's belly with your brain, the easier it is to clean up everyone's mess every day, which is called the priesthood of Melchizedek. Cleaning up the animals, burning the animals, cutting the animals, sacrificing the animals. What, what's the, oh, the flesh. I will pour out my spirit in all flesh, which is called the new covenant. Not working in animal flesh, not working in human flesh. About a thousand times uglier. Because in the animal flesh, you might have ticks, might have bugs, lice, might have worms. But in the human flesh, you have the entire kingdom of hell. The whole kingdom of hell only lives inside human flesh. Wow. So the true new covenant animal sacrifice, your bodies, is cleansing human flesh from all the kingdom of hell every day. See, just like we're bewitched saying God's outside us, we're also deceived thinking the devil's outside us. Devil's not outside you. Devil's only inside you. Whoa, that'll freak people out. Truth, anyhow. Why do demons need human flesh? Because that's the only way hell operates on the face of the earth. That's the only way heaven operates on the face of the earth. You need a medium. You heard of mediums? I'm not talking about the old cult. I'm talking about the facilitator of the spirit world into the natural world for the two trees in the garden. Your flesh is a medium. A lot of truth in the house today. We get a little glory, a little word of his grace, a little slice of our divine inheritance. Keep going. You are still being delivered from hell every moment. Are you demonized? Is humanity demonized? This is important stuff. This needs to be said. Because you are a member of humanity. And if one member is demonized, all of them are. You realize the furthest DNA connection possible on planet Earth, like an Asian to an African, is 47th cousin. The maximum furthest blood relative that the nations can be, like Zulu nation versus Ireland, is like 47th cousin DNA 
blood related. So that really is your cousin in every nation, your neighbor across the street. That's a blood relative. Every human being on earth is a very closely connected blood DNA relative. Most of the people in your cities right now are within 20 or 30th cousins. In a lot of communities, it's much more blood-related than that. So you are all family. Literally. And the enemy knows the kingdom divided cannot stand. It's the kingdom of humanity. That's how he's ruled over us, saying, oh, the Ukrainians are different than the Russians, or the Irish are different than the Scottish. Barely. Africans aren't different than... Asian, Caucasians aren't different than Native Americans. There's almost no difference in the blood, in the bones, in the DNA, in the genealogy. That's why Jew and Gentile is so idiotic. Greek and Hebrew is so intensely foolish and stupid. Not just because of spiritual reasons, but because of science reasons. It's pure insanity. To not understand humanity as a family is mental illness. And so the liars and the race baiters are trying to keep you insane. You notice that? That's the only way the fallen angels called the Freemasons can rule over you, and they're losing and the race baiting is being exposed in America and the nations, they're about to lose everything, people. They're going to lose the economic mountain, the pyramid on your $1 bill. All of it. Why? Because it doesn't even belong to them. It belongs to Satan and lies. And when the Satan's lies are exposed by the sons of God and the spirit of truth, transfer. We just needed revelation in order to not perish in all the things in the earth. Amen. Sir, can I have another? Remember, this is Joel's bar. This ain't church. Give me a drink. Haha, <laughs> thank you. Six days a week, non-stop smokestack of burning flesh. Does that give you a picture of what it means to be a Christian? Of how much smoke is coming up your burning flesh? <laughs> Six days a week, I'll give you one day where I'm not going to burn you up in my deep fryer. Amen. 
the normal Christian life. God's been telling me to take a day off to only do Joel's bar six days a week. Which day? The seventh day? Just to be prophetic? Probably not. Don't take a day off for rest. Take a day off for play. For play. Go play some volleyball. Go surfing, skateboarding. Get a new hobby. Something non-religious. You need it. Seriously, don't even read your Bible that day. Don't even pray that day. You'll be so much healthier in your soul. So much less uptight. You know, Jesus had hobbies. The high priest did a lot of stuff that was not religious to the point where the religious people they were total hypocrites manifested on them constantly. That's not what professional clergy do. The people are going to think you're lazy. You can't have fun. You can't have hobbies. You need to go after revival. Garbage. Truth is, you need to go after hedonism, which is called the Garden of Eden. Otherwise, your Christianity just be a bunch of religion. A bunch of external hype they call praise and worship. That ain't praise and worship. Uh, that ain't praise and worship. Sorry. Jesus said he could only worship in spirit. You ask those people where their spirit is, they don't even know. I know I've dealt with a million of them. I love them. That ain't a praise and worship movement. You got to come to the river, have a drink with John the Baptist and the disciples making straight the way of the Lord from all the weird stuff you call Christianity. Truth in you. Let's get a lesson from the spirit of Elijah. Amen. Elijah prepares the way of his first coming and his second coming. What is the spirit of Elijah? The river. Where is the river? Oh, thank you, Father, for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that tells us that it's outside the buildings. Whoa. I'm not saying everything that goes in there is bad. Jesus went into the synagogue and read a scripture, and then they murdered him a couple times. <laughs> right? They took him to the edge of the cliff. First time he went to church after he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Home church in Nazareth. 
He read the scroll of Isaiah, said this is fulfilled in your hearing, told him the truth in the spirit. See, they were used to truth out of the spirit. That's how the demons lived inside their ears. It's called the tree of knowledge. Knowledge is truth without the spirit. When you add the spirit to the truth, the demons manifest. You could get into Christianity truth for a hundred years. Satan be like, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You have the same perfect theology as the devil. Wow. Is the devil a theologian? The best one there is. Satan is the best theologian there is. Jesus was terrible. Absolutely awful. How do you know? Because the Bible says they were constantly correcting him. The Bible, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're breaking the scriptures, breaking the rules. Oh, wait, Jesus' interpretation, since he's the word of God, is to produce the glory, the freedom, and the abundant life. Not to practice rituals like a freaking warlock. Wow. That's what a warlock is. One who practices religious rituals. So what you have, if we're honest with ourselves, is the greatest movement of warlocks in history. That ain't Christianity. I know there's some of it in there. Holy Ghost come around and he checks the heart and stuff. But for the most part, what you're coming out is out of in American church building Christianity is the greatest paganism and warlocky of all time, and that's the truth. To the actual river of the spirit of Elijah to make straight the way of the Lord. There's not one real Christian in any building made by human hands on planet Earth. Not one. How can you say that? I'm not saying that. The Bible does. You can't be a real Christian and go to church. Whoa. Now, in the book of Acts, I believe 25 times it says they went house to house. Why? Because it was to the church of the Corinthians. It was to the church of the Ephesians. Every single instance of church, 100% in the Bible, was a city. And how did they practice church in the cities? The seven cities of Asia Minor, Revelation 2 and 3? House to house to house to house to house. Breaking bread, fellowshipping, broadcasting Joel's Bar, having coffee. Amen. It's true. You know that's accurately what the scripture teaches. May we all practice it. The book of Acts is still being written, people. We still need to have that model until the Lord Jesus comes. Maranatha. The apostasy and falling away of paganism pretending to be Christianity. Thanks be to God. People coming out of the horror Babylon, also known as church. Fallen angels is being dealt with. So long.
church. First Corinthians 6.19 tells you, your body is the church of the Holy Spirit. drove demons out of me up to two hours every other day. Rug burns, snot, tissue boxes, throwing up. Wow. If that's just you individually, imagine the deliverance of a city and the deliverance of a nation. Sorry, that's just what it looks like. Hell is disgusting like a sewer system. And it's not just coming out of you individually. Some of you it is. It's coming out of your cities, and it's coming out of your nations. Where? Throw the false prophet, the beast, and the red dragon into the lake of fire. Deliverance is a little bit individual. True deliverance ministry is citywide and national. Go and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it's a national deliverance. 
helps you take your eyes off yourself. You get cleaned up. It's to be a lighthouse of fire to burn through all flesh in your city. You are a Pied Piper driving the rats out of cities. of Daniel was in the natural because he had a spirit of excellence. Very important. No one can say 
They're excellent in spirit, unless they're excellent in the natural. Luke 17.11 says, Unless you're faithful with the natural realm, you are unfaithful also with the spiritual realm. Gnosticism, which is a demonic teaching, says it's all about just spiritual excellence. You're demonized. You're demon-possessed. Natural excellence, Luke 17, verse 11, is the evidence for believers of spiritual excellence. And Jesus took it even further and said that you could not even have spiritual excellence unless you had excellence with your finances. You could not be entrusted with anything in the spirit until you could be entrusted with money. And he said money, treasure, the valuable things of the earth that's written in Luke 17, 11, Christ's gospel. The error comes in is it's all about revelation building up my spirit. And then we just got a bunch of slobs. And it's really sick and disgusting and disturbing, extreme immaturity. True spirituality comes from an excellence like Daniel. Very important, otherwise you'll get way off track. You get into Gnosticism, you get into false glory. Next thing you know, you're not even in the river anymore. And I've seen that about 10,000 times. The narrow path is narrow because every spirit in the world is trying to take you off of it. The narrow path is not allowing any thought to be entertained in your heart except the words that have come from God the Father. If you entertain any other thought, that's the wide path of destruction. The wide path of destruction is in your heart. The narrow path is also in your heart. Few find it. Why? Because they entertain thoughts ideas that are not from God the Father. Jesus' words are the thoughts and ideas from God. Jesus said that unless you're faithful with money, you'll never be faithful in the spirit. So what's all this spiritual stuff and people unfaithful in finances? Every single one of them is false and a hypocrite 100% of the time. I have tested this by the thousands for years. And I've experienced the truth of the words of Jesus. Oh, you're just talking about money. No, I'm talking about the Bible, faithfulness, and the true test of the human spirit, which Jesus tested with money. Oh, don't, don't bring money into my spirituality. You're a hypocrite and an idolater. Jesus talked about money more than heaven, hell, faith, and love combined in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Why? Because that's what was in their heart. And if you don't deal with it and get them to sacrifice it, they'll be idolaters and fake converts all the days of their life. They'll have some kind of belief system saying money is evil. Why? Because they don't have any of it. Because they don't have any natural excellence. Uh, excellence. They don't have jobs. They don't work. They have no work ethic. They have no business wisdom. They're not about their father's business. They're slothful in the temple. And it's not the temple of God. It's the temple of demons, rats, and pigs. 
And so we got a lot of growing up to do, you guys, to get into the true excellence of Daniel. Why Daniel? He conquered Babylon. This system in the world that's melting away is called Babylon the Great. If you want to be a part of the champions that is actually doing something in it, it's not optional to have the excellence of Daniel. It's a requirement 100% of the time. I'm not talking about OCD perfectionism. I'm talking about the Father's standard of excellence, yeah, and perfectionism in the glory of God, by the power of His glory, by the power of His angels, and it will refine your world so much that people will want to rent out your bedroom in an Airbnb because it's so glorious. Truth in him. You need to hear that. Sorry, not for rent, but I'll give you an impartation of the excellence of Daniel. Bam! Most spiritual teaching you ever hear. Luke 17, 11. Unless you're faithful with money, you'll never be faithful with spiritual things. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.